Hey guys, just a little bit different of an episode today, uh, but I still wanted to share it with you anyway because it's a rarity. This is the uh, one of the unicorns of Catholic Man Show podcast because Lady Haley is uh, on this with us. Uh, Haley and I recently did an interview with CatholicLink.org. Uh, the great family over there, Drew and Katie Taylor, had a great time chatting with them, talking about raising our kids Catholic, talking about the home life, uh, and a whole host of other things. So we wanted to share it with you. Go subscribe to CatholicLink.org's YouTube page, or go check them out on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, they have a great website, CatholicLink.org, and, uh, and hopefully you guys will enjoy this episode. Cheers. Are you trying to live out your Catholic faith in a crazy family? And maybe reset what are some of your norms, looking for your prayer life, for your marriage, for your kids, all things. Uh, We have a great conversation with the Minahans, Adam and Haley from the Catholic Man Show, talking about their latest book, Living Beyond Sunday. And so how do we bring the Catholic culture from beyond the Sunday to the daily life? And so we pray that this will bless you and your family on this crazy journey that we're all on. Hey guys, welcome to the Catholic Link Show. Uh, we pray that this time will be your link to living the faith like never before. We're Drew and Katie Taylor, and we are super excited to have Adam and Haley Minahan on the show. Adam is one of the co-hosts of the Catholic Man Show, uh, but more importantly, his beautiful wife Haley is with him, and they co-authored a book, uh, that we are going to jump into here. So, uh, Adam and Haley, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're excited. It's going to be a, a lot of fun. I'm, I'm actually more excited to ask you guys questions on what you guys are doing. I'm going to take that information, <laughs> and we're going to make a new book, and we're going to say, it's our own book. It's our own ideas. Uh, so, it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. <laughs> this is good. We'll, uh, this will be some of the fodder for volume two that you guys will put yeah. out. Let's do some brainstorming on what's yeah. working. Yes. So, um, so the Minahans and the Niles put together uh, Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. And uh, Katie and I, uh, first of all, we, we, we love the book. And I think one of the reasons why we love the book is our life has been in such chaos recently with um, getting out of the military, Uh, having a new baby, moving houses. I mean, quite literally every life transition you could think of, um, we just went through. And so having this book was a great blueprint for us of thinking, okay, how how do we want this new phase of life to look? Um, And neither Katie and I were really raised Catholic. And so um, we're just making it up as we go. I I feel like we're like building the airplane as we we try to fly it at the same time. And so this, um, so so good. So uh, we'll start off for... I'm always curious whenever we talk to people like you who are um, just doing full-time ministry and you're trying to homeschool four kids and then like just in your free time, you thought, well, you know what? We should also just write a book. So um, what what, um, what inspired you guys to write this? Like what was the problem that you guys were seeing and and how did that flush out? We were learning so much from the people around us, from the other families in our community who are just killing it when it comes to raising holy Catholic children. And we thought, somebody has to put this out there. I mean, we're lucky enough to be, you know, entrenched in, you know, these beautiful lives. However, you know, maybe no other people don't see that or they don't have access to that. And Mm. it was... um, 
you know, a beautiful thing to be able to put it down in black and white of our experiences of other people's experiences and, um, and kind of going from there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, we did not have an intent uh, on, on actually writing a book and, but we had all these articles and we we're like, well, let's just make it an ebook. And I think I said that on our show and then Ascension Press reached out to us and said, Hey, let's, let's write a book. You know, let's, let's make this a real book. And I was like, sweet. We've already done all the work. Here you guys go. Well, that's not how writing a book. Uh, we did not realize that's not how it worked, right? And so uh, we had to obviously we, we scrapped chapters, we rewrote a lot. Uh, you know, we 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 built out a whole new chapters. So, uh, but it was it was a lot of fun. It was again. I don't think if you came up to us and said, "Hey, we want you guys to write a book," I don't think that would have happened. I just don't think the book would have happened. Uh, but because we kind of pieced it together slowly over over a course of you know about two years. Um, we were able to get one. Yeah, I think that's reassuring uh, in the <laughs> craziness of life. I'm like, and they wrote a book. Yeah. Like, wow, <laughs> they are doing it all. And so to hear like the process of that and the slowness and the just the way that the Lord let the articles flourish into this gift that now multiple people can have hard copy in hand uh, today. And so for... You guys, I as we've talked about chaos of life, and I think maybe there's some listeners that after the holidays, after family, after all of the just it's a new year. So how are we going to reset uh, in creating that family culture? What is some of the biggest advice that you guys have for families that are feeling like life is chaotic and how do they prioritize the Lord? Yeah, so I think the the first and foremost thing, like everybody likes the idea of like, let's start off big. Let's start doing big things. Let's start like, you know, uh, changing the way we're going to run our household, you know? And uh, so you get excited about these these thoughts, but then you start implementing them and you realize that uh, your, your, your roots are not planted deeply. You know, these are roots planted in sand or shallow ground and they'll wither up and die. If you don't have your own prayer life, if you don't have your own uh, spiritual life kind of in order, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, when somebody says, somebody asks me, like, well, what do I do, you know, to, to, to get my family to heaven? My, my first question is, is, well, how's your prayer life? And that's not what they were expecting, right? Uh, and and uh, the reason why I asked that question is because you can't, obviously, this is uh, kind of a cliche thing, but it, but it's true. You can't give what you don't have, right? I can't give you a book if I don't have the book. I can't give you a prayer life if I don't have a prayer life. Uh, you know, John Paul II said that his his uh, becoming a priest, his desire to become a priest was was because he saw his father in prayer. Mm-hmm. Right. So like if we want to cultivate these these vocations, if we want to have a holy household, we need to start with ourselves. Right. We need to start with ourselves mm-hmm. and then start with, you know, our, our, our spouse, who is our true vocation. Right. Uh, your family life is is the fruit of your vocation. Right. Your, our children are the fruit of our vocation. But but my vocation is to this beautiful girl right beside me. You know, that is that is my vocation. And so if I don't uh, live for her if I don't die, so to speak, to myself for her, then nothing else is going to work. You know, it, it all trickled down in, in a positive way or it trickles down in a, in a negative way. Uh, and so the first thing that I, I think that we should do is if we're, if we're thinking about, you know, this new year, uh, new, new ways of developing virtue, new ways of developing habits, uh, what does your prayer life look like? Do you have 20 minutes of silent contemplative prayer? 
Do you have a minute, you know, at least five minutes at the end of the night where you can pray with your wife or your husband, mm-hmm. you know, with your spouse? Um, and if you don't have that, that's a that's the perfect way to start because uh, the Holy Spirit will work uh, way more than what you can do yourself uh, if you if you give them that opportunity. Ah, yes, I can totally feel that this last week. So we finally are almost kind of settled, like family Mm. just left. Okay, not settled (laughs) at all. But in (laughs) two days, it's been nice because we both had the opportunity to go to adoration and both had the opportunity to go to mass and daily mass. And it's just like to get back into this rhythm. I feel like we're like jumpstarting a car again uh, after just the chaos. And so the importance, and I think the Lord yesterday just really spoke to me in my holy hour of this like idea that I can't force the faith on my kids but my kids also can't get themselves to mass. My kids can't get themselves to adoration. And this reality that if I'm not going, if that's not a part of my routine, then there's no way that it's magically going to be a part of my six-year-old's routine. Like he's not going to like be able to transport himself there. And so building in that prayer life in my own soul, and even if that is five minutes at home in the morning, is going to facilitate, you know, it's like this morning I sat down with them and I was like, have you talked to Jesus yet this morning? Cause I had just done a morning offering and I realized like, okay, let's invite you into that too. But if I'm not doing my morning offering and never even crosses my mind. And I, I think that that like, before we start asking them to be more virtuous than we are, like, Right, yeah. Maybe we should flip that a little bit and work on our own virtue yeah. in the process. And so thank you for highlighting that um, for all of our listeners as well. Um, yeah. Haley, any, any thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's beautifully said because the children are just little sponges mm-hmm. and they are so much smarter than we give them credit for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they are taking in every little thing. They yeah, they're are, so observant. Oh, they're, you know, they're, yes. even when you're not, even when that you think, oh, well, they're not watching. They're they're watching you. You know, they're <laughs> mm-hmm. they're they're they they know what's going on. Oh, sure, sure. Oh, yeah. and, you know, there's times where they sense, you know, before I can even, you know, sense it myself. Mom, are you struggling? <laughs> like, I must say that a lot or something <laughs> to you guys. Are you struggling? I'm like, you know what? Maybe I am a little bit. <laughs> Maybe we need to stop and just just pray for a second. And just those little things just um, put throughout your day of, okay, let's stop. Let's say a prayer. Um, just become automatic for them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, like it, Yeah, they get better at it than we are, you oh, know, at, sure. at times, you know. Yeah. And they're like, you are struggling. They're in tune. They, they see what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and they remind us, oh, yes, let's reorient ourselves. Let's, you know, let's take it down a notch. Let's, let's pray for a second and then let's get back after it. Right. Because the chaos of the day is very distracting and you can be driving in your car late to something. And then one of your children see on the side of the road, someone has a flat tire. Oh my goodness. Let's pray for them. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. We do need to do that. I'm worried about, you know, passing this car on. (laughs) And, you know, this, this person over here, they are really in the trenches, you know, and we need to be praying for them. So, yeah. That's so beautiful. In the conversation this week with our new pastor was this 
idea that children can smell smell hypocrisy, that they can sense it, Mm. that they like know when what we're saying and asking them to do is not matching what we're doing. And so again, that invitation to ourselves first. And I think you guys start this book in the right place because the vocation as Adam, as you said, is, is to my spouse and the children came along after. And so Mm. this idea that how is my marriage and I, we really liked the analogy of that the marriage is like this fire on the fireplace and that the warmer that the marriage is, the more that you're bringing people in, the more that that's reaching out into your children. And so I just kind of, for you guys to expand on that and uh, speak a little of that into our listeners as well. Yeah. I mean, so again, I think you, like what you said that, uh, they they're very observant and they know when you're when they have the great meters of whether or not you're being truthful or not right so uh i don't want my children to think that uh going to church is just something that we're doing uh and then when i grow up it's not something that you do and so when they grow up they don't do it mm-hmm. i want them to have a real relationship with our Lord, right? And I, I want them to have this this uh, friendship with our Lord. Uh, and this is what, you know, Christ gives to us. He says, imitate me, you know, and St. Paul says, imitate me because, you know, and that's what I want my children to do for me. So this is why we start off with the importance of, you know, making sure that your marriage has a prayer life, making sure that you have a prayer life and that your marriage has a prayer life mm-hmm. so that when your children see, oh, this isn't just something that we're having to do until I get, until I leave the household but this is a part of who i am and christ is uniquely calling me into this friendship with him into this life with him because he loves me and i can see that in my mom and my dad and i can see it in the way that they love each other ultimately we want our children to you know on our deathbeds to thank us for showing them a little piece of god's love to them mm-hmm. Right to have a little snapshot, a little snippet of uh, this is kind of what heaven is like. This mm-hmm. self-sacrificial love, and so like that ultimately, like if somebody says like, "Well, what do you want to hear? Or what do you want to hear on your deathbed? Or what do you want to happen?" It's ultimately like I would love for my children to be around and say, "Dad, thank you for showing me how Christ loves me." You know, and that's ultimately it, right? So, so if we have this deep burning desire within us to not only have a relationship with Christ ourselves, it only uh, warms the whole household. The, the, the hearth warms the whole household, right? And creates this atmosphere to where uh, this love radiates throughout and permeates throughout uh, the, the house to where it's, it's so contagious. It's intoxicating. It's something that uh, is true and authentic and you can't help but desire it. And then your children, you see them imitating this among themselves at some point, and it's just the most beautiful thing. You're like, yes, watch them. it's working. Yes. They're doing it. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, they're taking care of each other. They're helping remind each other of you know the virtues they need to be using and um, and using that language with one another of being um, generous. Oh, that was so generous to share your Legos with your brother. And um, thank you, Luke, for being so generous. And, you know, just little things like that, watching them grow 
in their relationship with one another and seeing them put it into use as they're getting older into the outside world where people can see that they are doing things differently mm-hmm. and that, you know, Christ didn't make us for this world. He is making us mm-hmm. to, um, to serve others to get to eternal life with him forever. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. And I think, you know, they're hopefully, hopefully they're, um, they're retaining some of that. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of things that our, our listeners and, and even just like our community and our, and our friends are, are battling right now is the way that we are raising our children is, is radically different than, than how we grew up. Um, whether that comes to like just you know, them not being in a ton of activities so that we can have that family time, trying to live radically for Christ, um, not using technology. And so I, I was curious what you guys' um, thought is, and, you know, as you guys are homeschooling and, and just raising your, your family very differently than what the world is telling us we should, um, I think there's a fear of like, am I going to totally mess my kids up or like, you know, are they going to end up homeless because I, I didn't prepare them because they didn't do soccer 10 times a day. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Can you guys speak into that a little bit? Sure. Sure. Um, I agree with you 100%. We're trying to do the same thing with our children of saying no to, you said not doing certain things and saying no to, some things that, you know, they could be uh, virtuous in, in the long run, uh, sports, things like that. However, there, as our oldest is nine and he's getting older, he is seeing that his, you know, neighbor friends are doing things differently with video games or with um, technology, TV, things like that. And it's, um, it's not enough to say because mom and dad said no. That's not what we're doing. It's not enough to say that you have to come with very prepared, logical answers for them to really, um, really understand how we're trying to protect them, Um, how in the long run, you know, the important thing is to be to be virtuous. Um, Not that some of these things are bad. You know, we love we're a football family. We love mm-hmm. football. We yeah. love um, um, going to a cousin's house and letting them play Mario Kart, you know, things like that. We don't, we're not too strict about that. However, there are certain things that we draw a hard line on mm-hmm. going into um, a friend's house to play video games when we're not present, mm-hmm. um, things like that. There's, you know, you are trying to protect these children that God has entrusted to you, you are responsible mm. for so much mm-hmm. and coming to them with, they respect when you come to them with real answers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it's not that necessarily, I don't trust you. Right. right? I think that they right. need to understand, like, it's not that I don't trust you, Luke. Mm-hmm. It's that there are companies out there that are spending billions and billions and billions of dollars to try to get to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that don't have your end your your good in mind. Um, have you ever read uh, uh, John Senior's Restoration of Christian Culture? No. Have you 
Okay, so uh, look that up. John Sr., Restoration of Christian Culture. He has one. It's the death of Christian culture, and then his like, positive projects called the Restoration of Christian Culture. right? And in that, he, he actually talks about uh, how technology— he wrote this um, in the, way before the um, internet and things like that in the, in the 1900s. Uh, I think it was, I think it was 1960s, 70s, somewhere around there. Anyway, he wrote it uh, and said like how how much television is going to change the way the living room is situated, mm-hmm. right? How how a family uh, like sits and and, mm-hmm. and uh, reacts with one another in mm-hmm. in their in their living room. And when I read it, I, I there's very few books that I've read I've completed and go well. I got to change the way I do things, right? It's like the Bible, obviously, you know, you read that and you're like, oh, okay, I got to change the way to do things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you do, if you do the consecration, St. Louis de Montfort's consecration mm-hmm. to, to, to mother, it's like, okay, I got to change the way, you know, things I've been doing. That one was another one for me. I realized, okay, I have to change the way uh, I live my life because uh, he just points out that, uh, that a lot of technology orients themselves just inward. It doesn't, it doesn't mm-hmm. facilitate good conversation. And we see this all the time, right? As you're, as you're walking down or you're in a restaurant, you see families and they're all on their phones. No one's talking to one another. No one yeah. makes eye contact anymore. Uh, handshakes are not barely even called handshakes anymore. I mean, it's like, can you please, you know, shake my hand, uh, look me in the eye, you know, a firm grip night would be nice. You know, it's just like these things that used to be, you know, 40 years ago, this was all very normal acts. These are very normal things for, for kids to, to, to have. And, and you just don't see that as much anymore. And so I, they do see it. Your kid, again, kids are very observant. They see that they, they're acting different than other people. And a lot of their friends come up to them and uh, are ch- challenge them a little bit because they see something different in them, which is what you want. Mm-hmm. This is what you want as a as a like parent. If you see that happening, you're like, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, like this is this is fertile ground, you know. And and they, the, um. So anyway, it's it's just exciting as parents to see that happening. We have this Catholic devotional book that we read, and one of them was like talking about TV, and the mom was giving some reasons, and she was like. Do you remember these memories or these stories or these stories? Do any of them have a TV in it? Like the TV does not form Mm -hmm. memories for you. Mm -hmm. And so like we want to create family memories. And so we only watch TV in these situations or these amount of times. And yeah, it is. But that's so radically different than Mm -hmm. the culture that is um, used to receiving so much information that way. And I, so thank you for just yeah. affirming some of that as we walk through this path. Yeah, you guys would laugh. You walk into our living room, there's the couch, and then on the back wall, there's just a bunch of holes where the last person's <laughs> oh, toilet yeah. used to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We were painting or something. Yeah. We yeah. had that same situation, same situation at our house. Yeah. I can't remember how long ago was it that we got rid of the TV. Yeah, well, but I mean, just yeah. to, just for point of clarification, we're not like Puritans or like you know, we're not like saying like TV is bad, right? <laughs> that in in yeah. in and of itself, right? Um, you know, it's not that you can't have good family moments watching a football game together or watching a good movie together, but the mindless flipping through channels or the noise that the TV makes to fill no, you know, to fill the room instead of like just the conversation or even silence, which is a good thing. Uh, and a good thing to cultivate in your family, you know, um, 
that that part is what you want to kind of carve (laughs) out of your life i think Mm -hmm. so it's not that we're anti-tv altogether but uh i think that in moderation and in appropriate ways you, you you can utilize it yeah i think with that there are two things obviously we love to digitally evangelize. We're on here. We're on right. YouTube. We're doing a podcast. We like understand right. this is coming through on your devices and we appreciate that we're able to use technology rightly ordered to help mm. us grow in the faith, to give, as you said, one of the motivators of writing this book was maybe you don't have access to these 10 families who are doing this with you. But by reading this book, mm-hmm. you can walk alongside us and we can grow together. Mm-hmm. And I think the other element is, again, that rightly ordered use and evaluation. And so in the, I think it's the fatherhood chapter, you talk a lot about, there are two different points that stand out there of the protection that it used to be protection from a bear. And now we have the right to protect, like we have the responsibility to protect the souls of our kids, especially when it comes to pornography or use of screens that creates an addiction and that lack of silence. And then the other element of, are you a cultivator, like, are you a user? Yeah. Say it. Yeah. It says, it talks about the provider piece and it's like, are you a provider uh-huh. of good memories or just a consumer of your phone? And, uh, and that was, man, it rang so true of, um, just wanting to, to be not only a provider, but, um, to create, to create goodness and truth and beauty in your home instead of just being a passive consumer of things, which is what our, um, you know, our consumerism economy yeah, wants from you. So. Oh, and it's easy to get, you know, get into that, that loop that they want you to kind of stay yeah. on. It's very easy. Yeah. But I mean, how beautiful is it, right? Like you, like we share the name uh, of God, the father in fatherhood. Like we have this sharing aspect of God, the father and of fatherhood. God is the creator Right. And so we should imitate God in that way and provide and be creators of the true, the good and the beautiful in our home. Right. So I want my children to know that I am a, a like, you know, that I'm giving them opportunities for memories, that I'm, I'm providing them and cultivating them uh, for, for for moving on, you know, for, for establishing them as as a Christian in this world. Uh, and so I don't want them to think, oh, dad comes home. And he's on his phone or he's watching TV or he's just not uh, mentally there. Mm-hmm. He's not present. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard, right? Like, let's be honest. I mean, I have, you know, when I'm walking through that door, uh, coming home, coming home, I have 12 things on my mind, you know, that, that coming home from work that I still need to do or that I didn't finish. Uh, I'm exhausted. Maybe I'm even mentally exhausted, you know, from, from the meetings. But I need it. I got to switch gears, right? You know, because I have uh, a wife who's counting on me and I have little children who are counting on me to be a father to them. And so you have to switch gears and say, okay, no, I have to, I now need to, to be present to them because they desire. And, and I mean, we only have, if you go to work and you come home, you only have like two hours a day in reality with your children, right? And so that it goes by so fast. Um, and so uh, I want to utilize those, you know, two to three hours to develop memories, to, co- to, to, to show them the good, the true, the beautiful um, within our home. And so I think that it's just, it's a, such a gift that God has given us to be co-creators in our family, uh, that, uh, that we should take that responsibility seriously. And, and even when we don't feel like doing it, uh, we should push through and, and do it anyway. Yeah, I, I think that the intentionality of 
of not being passive. And, and that goes even too in, into your guys's uh, chapter and, and where you talk about Sunday and just making time for the Sabbath and for the Lord and, and really into leisure too. So I'd love for you guys to to touch on that a little bit of, of the importance of uh, prioritizing Sunday for the Lord and, and how can our listeners do that practically? Um, yeah, again, especially in, in just the midst of the chaos of changing diapers. And, you know, at, at one point in our house, like you look around, you're like, this is amazing. Like family life is so awesome. And then three minutes later, like all six of us are crying, including myself. You too, huh? Okay, good. That doesn't ring more true than on a Sunday morning. Yes. You're trying to get everybody ready for Holy Mass. <laughs> And you're, you know, you are just trying to be intentional, but you know, it's getting, um, oh my goodness, just, I, yeah. Getting them all right. Do you have your shoes on? Oh, that's your brother's shoe. Get your own shoes on. I'm getting flustered thinking about it. For for about a year, I just left the kids' shoes in the car. So I didn't even lose them. Yeah, that's a great idea. That is great. No, I'm a I'm a big fan of uh of leisure. Uh, I, I don't know if you've ever read uh, Leisure: The Basis of Culture by Joseph Pieper. Another great one. If you haven't read that, it's another book that that actually changed my life. Uh, and it's a beautiful thing that the church has given us liturgical years or uh, liturgical year to follow. Right? They have there's fasts, there's feasts, um, and, and in, in doing so, if you live it the right way, it, you actually live Sunday so well, right? Mm-hmm. So if you fast on Friday, mm-hmm. you can enjoy merriment and, and, and the feasting on Sundays. Yeah. And Sundays become different right. because, the, yeah, because mm-hmm. the fasting has happened on Fridays, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, the, I think Sundays have to look different than every other day. It's the reason why the, the week starts on a Sunday. Uh, you, um, it's it's the day of the Lord. It's like, what is the most important thing in in, in your week? What is it? Because your kids are going to know if it's going to be your work or if it's going to be your side projects or it's going to be your podcast or is it going to be the family and is it going to be uh, worshiping our Lord, right? What essentially is Christian culture? It's a, it's the mass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's worshiping the divine, and so if we're not, if we don't take that seriously and have it permeate through in our home, then our kids are going to, you know, they're going to see it. And so if we're not feasting, if we're not, you know, uh, inviting people into our homes, like our families, friends, if we're not celebrating, because he's risen, you know, he truly, he is risen, mm-hmm. you know, and this is something that we should be excited and, and joyful about. Uh, and we're made to rest, yeah. right? Like what happens when somebody passes away? We say eternal rest mm-hmm. grant unto them. Like so, we're made to rest in God, you know. And we can't do like we're not made to work, you know. We're not, you know, we're not, you know, people of work. We're people of rest, yeah. you know. And this is what is true. We don't, uh, we don't rest so that we can work, right? We work so that we can rest. We work in this world, like Haley was saying earlier. We're not made for this world. We work here so that we can rest with God in all of eternity. And so Sundays are, you know, miniature Easter. They're, they're little Easter's. And so we should rest in him. And what does that rest look like? You know, it's, it's celebration. It's mm-hmm. gathering around the, the dinner table. It's inviting people over. It's being with your family. It's, mm-hmm. you know, move, like turning the, the cell phones off or the TV off or the computers off 
and a family fun ga- game night or, you know, just something different than you normally do throughout the week. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, practically you're starting off the day um, if you do attend mass in the morning with, you know, dressing appropriately, you are getting your finest mm-hmm. um, clothes to wear to Holy Mass. You are, so that looks different than every other day of the week. You are um, getting everything done on Saturday, which can be chaotic. Yes. And tough. And tough. <laughs> and doing all of those chores, going to the grocery store, doing mm-hmm. the, you know, the mundane things so that on Sunday, it can look different. In it's your not ch- an- yeah, it's not mm-hmm. another day of just like, oh, I, ne- I got another day to work out in the yard or I got right. another day to, you know, catch up around the, with chores around the house. Right. And making it fun and, you know, making sure the kids know we are going to have fun today and we are going Today's to, the day. Yeah, today yeah. is the day we, we, you know, <laughs> we have worked all week to get to this point and, you know, they, um, they love it. And they, you know, typically on our Sundays, um, we are able to go to Adam's parents' house, play mm-hmm. some, you know, touch football. Sometimes it gets a little out of hand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then, kids, yeah. but you know, just, um, and hopefully, you know, I know everyone does not have the opportunity to have family close, but finding that community, like Adam said, opening up your home um, and inviting, you know, some, maybe someone you don't know very well over to your house um, to enjoy that together. Um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, you got to get a rest in our, in our Lord. Yeah. yeah. We made for it. Yeah, I think one one of the things uh, there's so much in there that I want to touch on. Uh, one of, one of the things that, that I love about uh, where we're at in Phoenix is there are a lot of young families, but uh, a lot of families that are geographic orphans, where like you know our parents live mm-hmm. somewhere else, and so we've been able to mm-hmm. build this little nucleus of of a community, um, and you know kind of this um, this godly family that we can share with with these other friends, which is so beautiful. And uh, oh, that's you, great. And you guys talking about leisure made me think about when we were stationed in Germany, where um, it, it's kind of ironic because the German culture is not very Christian anymore, but some of the things are baked into their culture. And the such, law. Yeah, such as everything is closed on Sunday. Like the, mm. the, you can't get food. You, I mean. It's against the law technically to do your laundry and mow your lawn. Yeah. On Sunday. Wow. <laughs> wow. Like, so, it is yeah. quiet. Which, which as, an, as an American, you're like, this is really inconvenient. But then as you're stationed, you know, as you live there for a year or two or three, you just realize, man, how beautiful that is. And they, they really do, um, they work so that they can live over there. Whereas Americans, we in so many ways live to work. That's what they tell um, us. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and you're like, ah, I can't argue with that. Um, yeah. And I think that that is, uh, I think that's something we need to recapture mm-hmm. in in the Catholic right. tradition here. Again, because your kids will, will realize it, right? Yeah. Your kids will see that, right? So they'll see, oh, dad says he's he's supposed to, you know, his main thing is, is going to mass, but he's working. He's, he's checking his emails right now. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, and so they'll see that. And I'm, I've been guilty. I, I say that like as a, as a self-confession, like I'm guilty of that a lot of times, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to do and you have to, you know, be just, uh, you, you just have to be intentional about it and say, no, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's so true. Uh, the other thing I was thinking about, because I, I know, Adam, you're doing Exodus 90 right now. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think this was uh, a couple months ago, I was leading a group, my men's group through Exodus 90. And 
uh, at one point uh, we started talking about marriage and family and, and uh, it was after they had all finished Exodus 90 and I was asking them, Hey, what, what is your prayer life like with your spouse? And, you know, they kind of went around and they're like, Oh, well, you know, sometimes we pray the family rosary. I was like, that's great. It doesn't count. Um, it's like, you know, they're like, Oh, well, and then finally most of them were just like, yeah, we don't really pray together. And I was like, all right. I was like, it's time to man up. Uh, you guys' homework for the week is to go, you know, literally just, and it doesn't have to be crazy, but just go pray with your spouse for two minutes, you know, every night. So, so they come back the next week and I was like, all right, how'd it go? You know, expecting like, ah, like this, you know, we're reconnected. This is great. And they're just kind of like, ah, well, it's it's kind of awkward. And we did it. And one guy was like, ah, I didn't even try. And I was like, I was like, you guys, you guys fasted for 90 days and you can't even just <laughs> sit there and pray with your wife for two minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. But, but I, say, I say that tongue in cheek because um, it can be hard and, and it can be awkward. And so do you guys have any recommendations um, in order to get or, you know, to have a prayer life with your spouse, which is something that could be very foreign to our listeners um, and very hard to just go do if that makes sense yeah i you know i sometimes you know in prayer you know i have come to you know the realization sometimes of you know why god designed it that way that women do have this you know unique way of sharing prayer with others um and men typically as from what i've you know been told adam actually hasn't really I haven't seen this with my husband, but just um, the struggle to connect through prayer together can be this awkward, awkward thing. Um, but, you know, Adam, I was so thankful of being a convert and not knowing where to begin. Maybe that was, um, maybe that was a, you know, benefit to him leading us mm-hmm. in that direction because I, I started from a place of not knowing um, and he was able to kind of guide me through that. And mm-hmm. he was very, you know, it was a very natural, comfortable thing for him to do. Um, but I don't know, maybe you could speak. Yeah. I mean, why, why do you think that is right? Like, why do you think that guys feel uncomfortable? I think it's because it's a, it's a, a vulnerability, mm-hmm. Right? Is this? Yeah. Is this? I. Is this? Oh, this is a part of me that's normally, uh, like I, I do it by myself. Uh, no one else can see me doing this. Uh, it's a me and God thing. No one sees me doing it, doing it, and so it could be a, a vulnerable thing, right? And so, uh, there's a couple things I think that uh, will really help as a guy who says like I don't know how to do this. I get I don't feel comfortable doing it. Uh, a couple things I think that will really help that makes it a lot easier. One, create a space. Mm-hmm. Right, create a space that this is the prayer space, right? So if you have a place where we all gather for prayer, then it's not like it's not as weird as just trying to break out in prayer in random random places. Ideally, you get to that point where you just start you you can do that, but like at the beginning, like let's just bl- block off. This is the pl- place where we pray, so we all come together, and then now we understand that this is where we're going to pray. Mm-hmm. Another thing is like as converts, right? I, I would assume that it's a little overwhelming. Right. There's all these different prayers like you. I say this. You say that. You say that. I say this like and I'm not really sure when I do certain parts and do I stand? Do I kneel? When do I say the sign of the cross? You know, like there's a lot of different things within Catholicism that, uh, you know, 
can be intimidating, especially if you're just starting um, in prayer. And there's so many different devo- devotionals and prayer books and like, where do I even begin, right? Uh, I think that the the best thing to do is start off with just uh, saying, Our Father, Hail Mary, and Glory Be mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to come up with your own prayers. The, the church in her wisdom and her beauty has given us prayers to pray together. Uh, and in that way, you can, uh, you just develop the habit, develop the habit of prayer. And as you develop the habit, you gain more confidence. And then you can say, okay, now that I've done this for three months, six months, whatever it is. Okay. Now let's move on. Maybe let's open up this devotional. Let's open up this prayer book. Maybe we can do uh, a station of the cross, or maybe we can do one decade of the rosary, or maybe, you know, then you can, you can build off of that. But if you start off with, uh, okay, we're all going to say that the 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 rosary together. If it works for your family, I like that. I'm impressed, right? But it just is the re- the reality is your your kids aren't used to it. Uh, you're you're not used to it. Your wife isn't used to it. Um, and so you need to foundationally build. So let's start off small and do it out of love. You know, do it with great love. Yeah. And and then uh, after a while, you all will get used to it. It becomes more uh, normal. You know, prayer becomes more normal and then you can grow. Then you can like even say your own prayers, you know, kind of mm-hmm. uh, do your own your own prayers for each other. And But I, I think that those things, if you can just find a spot and then uh, just say the, the same prayers together as a family for three months, six months and build that habit, mm-hmm. then you can start building upon that. Mm-hmm. And maybe just with husband and wife together, if after the kids go down, what Adam and I do is we do our nightly prayers I mean, right before we get into bed. So we've done every, you know, chore that needs to be done. We've, you know, brushed our teeth, had showers or whatever. And then it is that time, always that time. And so that makes it also, there's no question of when is this going to happen? Oh, you know, she hasn't asked about it. Maybe we won't, you know, do that tonight. And no, it's, you know, after this, these actions Mm -hmm. comes this then into bed. Mm. That has been helpful. Yeah. I think that's huge building those habits as a couple and really looking at what is your schedule? What I, what is practically going to work for us? That's going to remind us. And I think Adam, as you hit on with vulnerability at the beginning and that being such an important part of the marriage of just this respect internally. And I think in your chapter on marriage, and one of the things that we're really passionate about is acknowledging that marriage is a sacrament and to not speak against the sacrament. And I think our culture is really good, especially wives at husband bashing, but then we're asking our husbands to be vulnerable in prayer, but we've kind of trashed that a little bit. Like it makes it really hard when there isn't this feeling of respect and they've overheard it. They can just feel it in the way that I'm speaking to them and the way that I'm treating them. But I think also with our friends, what are my words about my spouse? Where am I in my own language about respecting him to enter into that vulnerability, which is going to help with our prayer life? And there's just so many things in that chapter that you guys hit on as far as like making sure the husband's greeting the wife, even though he's getting attacked by four children. It's the Uh most exciting part of the day. And just like, where is your wife? Or when he's absent at dinner, you know, praying for daddy and the meeting that he's at or the traveling that he's doing. And so those elements of respect for the spouse 
being the example that then allows the children to learn how to respect their parents, which ultimately mm. helps us all better respect mm. the Lord. Uh, so there's a lot in there, and there's so much more in this book. I don't know. I I just want I want all your thoughts on <laughs> some of some of your like hey before we jump into the lightning round, if you guys have a section of the book that you guys want to touch on or anything that we just kind of dove into uh ultimately you know so the, the we end the chapter we end the book with hospitality right and it's important i think to end it there uh because ultimately our our family like building your home up isn't enough right like i have sons and i have a daughter and i need them if they have a vocation of marriage to be married off to good Catholic men or women, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, ultimately we order our home to God so that we can share it with God or share it with others, right? You share God with others. Yeah. Um, and so we want to bring them in and say like, come share the good things that we have, you know, share, mm -hmm. share the, the, the blessings that we've been given uh, and, 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 you know, glorify our Lord. And so I think that is, is a, a very important part because you can say like, we can get into these Benedict option type of things where let's just seclude ourselves. It's like, no, 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 no. We have to go out and evangelize. Right. And so like we have to have our home in order so that way we can go out and bring mm -hmm. people in and bring them into our communities. I know David has always kind of a, um, a tactic when, you know, talking about that is he has four daughters and he wants to make sure that you are raising your sons correctly so that one day they might be suitable for his daughters. Right. Because, you know, God willing, one of one of them may be married one day. Right. And he wants to be sure that you are raising holy sons. Right. And the idea, I mean, the idea of the book, right, is, is for those who who don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. Right. This is this book is not a book who like if you're already living liturgically, if you have your prayer life all in order, like it, you know. I don't want I don't want to say that like this is a book for you, right? I mean, we do have at the very back like additional recommended resources because it's like this is the launching point and this is like where you begin mm -hmm. to enter into the Christian life. Like this isn't something for for those who have already entered, who have already like living it well. Uh, this is for those who who say I want to bring my family to heaven. I just don't know where to start. So there's so many good things, but uh we will jump into the lightning round. So uh, okay. real quick, uh, we'll, we'll start. Haley first, ladies first. Uh, oh, sure. <laughs> who, who is your favorite Ooh. saint? Oh, oh boy. Um, personally, recently, it has been Elizabeth Ann Seton with homeschool, um, things like that. But I think as a couple, oh, well, I guess that it's personally. You did ask me. Um <laughs> But also St. Gerard has been uh, just a powerful saint in our family. Mm -hmm. And for myself, you know, um, heading into childbirth in about four weeks, um, he's real, we'll be starting the novena and we'll be, um, you know, getting ready. And he is just our, our, our go-to, our go-to, our go-to support. Mm -hmm. um, we have his relics, um, you know, we're, We've been very blessed with our family, um, and we, you yeah. know, I believe we owe a lot of this to his intercession for us. Mm -hmm. um, All right, lighting, yeah. lighting round. Oh, I'm sorry. Lighting yeah, that's, that's, that's so good, though. So obviously, the Blessed Virgin Mary is obviously like you have to say like 
obviously her. Yeah. Right. Okay. So then <laughs> after her, uh, mine would be St. Thomas Aquinas. Ooh. Good one. Love it. Uh, okay. What are some of your favorite devotions? Uh, we pray the Auxilium Christian Orum together as as, as uh, a husband and wife uh, at at the end of the night. So that's one of mine, and then probably the Rosary. Ditto. <laughs> Lightning. <laughs> so fast. Lightning fast. <laughs> okay. Uh, other than living beyond Sunday, making your home a holy place, uh, and the books Adam that you already recommended which I'm super excited to re-listen to and then go find those. Uh, what are your favorite favorite book recommendation? Um, I always go to uh, Searching for and Maintaining Peace, uh, Father Jacques Philippe. Um, yes, mm-hmm. it's, it is also short, mm-hmm. as is our book. So mm-hmm. that is, you know, my favorite format. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anything by Joseph Pieper, I'm a big fan of. So, mm-hmm. Leisure the Basis of Culture is, is one. Um, I also really like uh, the marriage book, Vocation to Virtue by Kent uh, Lenowski. Nice. Lenowski, something like that. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but he's from Wyoming College. You can look it up. It's really, it's a really good book. We'll look it up and put it in the show notes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, where can people find out more about you guys and what you have going on? Go ahead. Uh, yeah, so we, you can go to thecatholicmanshow.com where we have the, the podcast. Uh, I'm also the creative director for the Alquin Institute for Catholic Culture here in the Diocese of Tulsa. So if you go to the alquininstitute.org, um, you can find that. They have a lot of really good like tips on how to live liturgically a lot of times um, and a lot of different prayers that you can ha- you can pray within your family. Um, ascensionpress.com. Oh, yeah, ascensionpress.com you for the book. book. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. We really pray that this helped bless our listeners as they learn, develop, uh, reset their living beyond Sunday as families. And so until next time, know that we are praying for you.